Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast. What's up? What's happening? That is Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. We are sitting in our homes in the greater D.C. area. But, Logan, it is Combine Week. We are headed to Indy soon. Yeah, headed to Indy soon. Very exciting. Always, you know, it's like the, uh, like the reunion for the NFL every time it's out there. And it's also fun to see... All those young athletes come out and kind of do incredible stuff. So, so it's a it's a reunion that actually launches us perfectly. I don't think you did this on purpose, but uh, you're just so talented. You just you're just mm, chef's kiss. So good at this. Uh, it kind of launches us into our first topic, which is the reunion's not as big as it used to be. Yeah, um, you yeah. now have a lot of NFL coaches that are not going. Commanders. Um, I heard Kime say on his pod the other day that they're not sending any of their assistants out there dq is going for a short a very short time um in part just to do his media responsibilities and then he's headed back because there's so much work i know lafleur and the packer staff not going like there's a lot i don't think sean and kevin have gone for the past couple of years I, kevin was there last year for a short time but like those guys get in and out pretty quick yeah. some of them do the press conference some of them are now skipping the press conference and saying i don't even care about that mm. so it, it's but they're certainly not staying for the workouts and they're letting their scouts and that the college operation do that and then on the player side you have top guys i would say doing even less than ever we've always had top guys top quarterbacks especially not throw you know certain guys won't run certain drills but you have a guy now like in marvin harrison according to albert breer's reporting this morning that he's not even training for any of this stuff he's not even going to do a pro day like he's training for football next year mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of obviously offshoots about this but as the NFL as a league is pumping the combine up as this big entertainment event, what do we make about the fact that the people inside the league, players, coaches, our prospects and coaches seem to be making less of it? So I don't know if they're making less of it. I think just times have changed. And what I mean by that is like, I think, you know, when you talk to guys from the Miami Dolphins or guys from San Francisco, you know, they don't, Kyle doesn't send anybody out anymore. They record the whole event. And so I remember talking to a couple of coaches from Miami last year, basically saying like, I don't need to watch the on-field stuff anymore because I can watch it on tape. And it's easier for me to compare tape to tape as opposed to seeing some guys in person and some guys, um, you know, on tape where I don't get the opportunity to see them at the combine or whatever it is. So I do think because of technology, because of Zooms, because of all this different stuff, like the, the how people are engaging with the combine is different. It's still extremely important. Like, don't get that twisted. It's still a huge data point for all the scouts and everybody. And if they're not going to do stuff at the combine, they're definitely going to do it at the pro days. But um, I think it's, uh, I think it's interesting. And I think it's, you know, to your other point that the, the, the kind of higher level guys 
aren't really doing stuff. I think it's smart. I think it's smart. If you are Marvin Harrison Jr., the only thing that can happen for you is bad. Like, what do you run a four two? Are you going to go any higher? No. Like, you're going to go where you're going to go, right? You, they have all this GPS data now. That in like when you talk to teams, a lot of teams, like I know the LA Rams, for example, utilize that very heavily, right? They don't care so much about the forty. They care more about your GPS numbers. So his GPS numbers are great. I think there's stuff uh, earlier reports uh, uh, that came out this year of him running twenty three miles an hour in a game. So if I'm him, I'm like, you have that information. I'll interview. I'll do whatever you want, but I'm not testing because if I don't test well then what's the point? And I think that's something that uh, as you move up, like I think a good example is like Dallas Goddard from a couple of year ago, years ago, like never ran a 40. He came to the combine, did the interviews. I think he met it on the bench press or something, but he didn't do any explosive measurements and he didn't run. And I remember thinking like he looks really slow on film, but the one way to confirm that is to run really slow in a 40. If I don't run, all I have is the film and it looks pretty good. So I think that's something that people need to understand is people now are getting advised by their agents like, hey, man, don't test. And I totally respect that because the the teams are losing leverage in this scenario. Yeah. And if you're Marvin Harrison, you're like, hey, 1400 yards, 12 touchdowns back to back seasons. Like, what am I going to prove in yeah. 4.3 or 4.4 seconds? Absolutely nothing. And so yeah. I think it's smart, but also I, I think it's a great opportunity for guys down you know, down the draft board to prove their worth. Like a second round guy becomes a first rounder because he does go out and run a four three right. and everyone thought he was a four five guy. Um and especially if they can back it up at the pro day. You know, I think some of the the measurements become really, really important, which, you know, some of those are things you can train for. Like if you're JJ McCarthy coming in at two fifteen instead of two oh five does you does you a, a, a huge solid yeah. versus, you know, your arm length is your arm length. That is that is what it is. There's no training arm length. Um so there's there's I think a huge opportunity for guys, you know, that are at the back end. And it's really like I think in terms of percentages, we're talking about the maybe top one, two, maybe three percent of guys that shouldn't run. The top one to two guys at each position, maybe at a position like quarterback, you you say none of those guys should really do a whole lot. Those top three, but if you're anybody else, this is such a massive opportunity. So I don't I don't want to get it twisted to say that like everybody shouldn't do this stuff. Like no, if you're if you're locked in as a top ten pick, yeah, okay, fine. If not, you're trying to get into that top ten. And from, you know, the way the salaries are slotted, that's worth it. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. And I think, it's, it, to your point, it's just important. Like, it, it can help you, right, in certain cases. Like, so, for example, like, I was talking to an agent before the Senior Bowl. And the Senior Bowl is a great opportunity to get in front of coaches and look really good. And the guy was like, you know, I don't want my guy to go because he's got a he's got a top, I think it was a top 60 grade. So, it means he's going to be a first or second round player. And he's kind of got an ankle injury. I don't want him to go put bad film on tape and people to be mm. able to hold that against them. It's the same thing here, right? If you're going to run fast, you want to go run at the combine. If you're going to run slow, don't run. Leave it to the imagination. You have all this film that kind of speaks for itself. And, um, you know, I know some of the quarterbacks aren't doing stuff, which is a little bit disappointing. I think we're going to talk about that later. But I think for the majority of people, it's very advantageous. I think a good example of this is like Talisi Fuaga, the, the Oregon State tackle, goes to the Senior Bowl and – you have to measure when you go, right? And so his arms are 33 inches, which are a little bit shorter than you want for ideal tackle. So now after that measurement, people are like, well, maybe he's more of a guard. He's still a good football player. But I think that's where like the general measurements, the general weights are all still extremely important. Like as, as far as evaluation go for team to kind of meet their minimum thresholds and things like that. So while some of the top guys aren't doing stuff, it's still an incredibly important event. Because it gives you kind of this baseline. I think you hear like Mel Kuyper Jr. talk about this all the time. Like it's 
it's the thing that separates people. So, for example, if Malik Neighbors goes out and run, runs a 4-2 and looks great in the field work and looks like that dude, do you hold that against Marvin Harrison Jr.? Because I know some teams right now in conversations have Malik Neighbors ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. And I was reading something earlier them? today that uh, a lot more teams, I'm trying to remember who wrote this, but it might have been, it might have actually been uh, Breer said that a lot of teams have, or a lot more teams than the public realizes have yeah. neighbors ahead of Harrison. Yeah, and I think when you look at the the receiver position now, like those bigger guys, they struggle at the NFL level a little bit. You know what I mean? In terms of creating consistent separation, obviously you have your exceptions, but I think when you look at Malik Neighbors, he's much more of a modern NFL receiver mold, and I think that's why people are so excited about him. And if he goes out and runs a 4-3 and, and catches the ball the way he's caught the ball – all season long, like that's going to be a, a very emphatic stamp on the process. And for me, like I don't, I don't, as a, as a player, I totally empathize with Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he's doing the right thing for him, but as a talent evaluator and as a coach, you know, at a different level than the NFL, for example, I'm like, are you hiding from something? Are you slower than people think? And, um, and that's something that I know a lot of coaches when you, when a lot of scout, not coaches, a lot of scouts, Feel that way like why are you hiding from this measurement are you not as fast as people think you are and when you watch the film sometimes you're like man like how fast is he really you know like when he gets in space he's not pulling away from people the way you think he should like that that's not to say like i'm not criticizing marvis harrison jr but i do think it gives some people some scouts an opportunity to kind of say to peck at this what up to this point has been an, an, an immaculate evaluation process you know he's he's the guy he's one of the best receivers i've ever evaluated but now you're gonna say oh well He's not running. Is he slower than we think? Let's compare him to Malik, who ran and did well and did all this stuff. Maybe maybe kind of shifts the tide there a little bit. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, to me, I'm, maybe this is me being like a, a silly talk show host, but to me, that screams like bias, like personal bias in terms of 100%, like hundred percent. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you didn't do my part of it. Yes, I I watched your tape all year, and I came to your games, so and now you're not doing my event. You're not doing yeah. my underwear Olympics, like. Well, it's relax. A big part for, it's a big thing for them. You know, it's a it big is, part of But I, I think to your point earlier, though, like I would much rather I know we talked about this last year as this became much bigger part of the evaluation. I'd much rather rely on GPS data yeah, than I would on on 40. So I don't really not say I don't care about the 40. But, you know, we're going to we're going to do our, our second annual crossover podcast <laughs> in Indy with uh, the train with the best podcast, my other podcast. And we'll talk about the difference between training for the combine versus training for football is Marvin Harrison is like done that in a way that I don't remember any other prospect like outwardly yeah. being like, yeah, I'm not training for this stuff, but like you have to train as a track athlete to run a good 40. You don't have to train as a football player. Right. GPS data is the data speed wise of a football player. That mm -hmm. matters more to me. I, I agree. I think, I think that's where teams are at. And I think, like you said, like there, is there still value in the 40? Absolutely. I think yeah. it just shows you what kind of explosive athlete they are. Right. So like when you look at, I think um, uh, Quan is a really good example of that, right? You know, he runs like a four or five or whatever he ran, but then has a 44 inch vert and like over a t over like a 10 and a half foot broad. And you're like, this dude's an explosive son of a gun. And I think it gives you 
an athletic bias of like, this is the mold, this is the, the clay that we're working with. And this is what the clay is capable of. And I think, um, with a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., like to your point, like he's a top five pick, he's probably gonna be a top five pick, maybe top 10, top 10 pick for sure. Like there's no reason for him to do anything like, right. and, and in some ways, like, I think, I think it's probably very wise of him to train football because it, I think it kind of leads into a, a situation where he's less likely to get hurt coming into the season, right? I think it's it's a smart play by him for his future long term. Now, it might in the in the in the interim or in the short term hurt his relative draft stock, but we're talking three, four, five picks. It, it's not going to be a huge deal either way for him, right? For sure. And, and if, if if it does at all, if it does at all, right, right. There's still a chance he goes three or four, and we'll see. Um, I also think that all these drills are not created equal. Um, and that should also be said, like the 40 is very technical. Um, you know, we always say that if, if you're just a random person, I can cut two tenths off your 40 instantly. I just got to teach you how to start. Right. So if you, you and Chris did a great video last year, uh, Chris, (laughs) Chris, or who was in jeans? Were you both in jeans? I was Uh, in jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Getting down in that, that 40 start, uh, in one of the the hallways in the Indianapolis (laughs) convention center. Um, but yeah, no, we, you know, it's pretty easy to to mess that up, right? The technical track start, the three point stance start, has a huge impact on that total time. And by the way, you know, a lot of positions, the ten yard split is more important than the forty. And that first ten yards, if you're slow out of the the stance, which really has not a lot to do with football, um, yeah. that that could matter a ton. The the five ten five is a super technical. Like if you know how to hit the footwork on that, you can put a much cleaner time up versus like. Hey, dude, jump as high as you can. Like, dad tells yeah. me something about your raw athleticism. Yeah. Is there technique to a high and a broad uh, or a vert and a broad? Of course, but not as much as the 40 or the 5105. So I think, you know, all these drills are created differently and, you know, or, or should be weighted differently depending on position, depending on mm. the drill, all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that, you know, that's why some guys skip certain drills and it's like not worth their time to train for versus others you might get a might get a reading on. And of course, it depends on the prospect. 100%. And I think, you know, again, you these these are pieces, right? And if I'm sure. allocating yeah, pieces yeah. of the pie, right, like it's, you know, probably close to 80%, maybe 75% film, you know, the senior bowl is in, in that extra 25% combines in there. And it really just gives you like a point of clarity. It's like, oh, this guy's actually not as explosive as I thought he was based on these measurements, right? And so you go back and watch the film and you're like, is this fatal? Yes or no? Like Dewan Jones is a great example. Like Dewan Jones ran like a five six or five seven forty last year at the combine, but there was no doubt in my mind he was going to be a great football player because he's his his ten was pretty good, his on field drills were pretty good. So like even though the forty wasn't like this dramatic event, the other movement stuff kind of it's a big boy to run forty. <laughs> yeah, but the other movement stuff kind of fleshed out right. that he is a serviceable athlete, and then you marry that with the film, and you're like, I feel good about it. Now if he goes right. out and runs a really fast 40, but looks like dog, you know, you know what on the field, then you kind of say, well, maybe I go back and watch some of the film and some of those issues you had where you're like, oh man, I don't like how he comes out of this three point stance or this angle is a little bit weird or he gets his feet cut up. Those become more like, that's who he is as an athlete, as opposed to that's who he is as a football player. And I think it just kind of is the finishing touch for a lot of coaches. And I think like with the Marvin Harrison thing, as a prospect, and this is probably where I don't think there's a lot to finish. I don't think there's a lot of finishing. There's no questions about it, right? It's just like, like, like for example, like uh, Johnny Wilson, the receiver from Florida State, or or Keon Coleman. Like people have legitimate questions about their speed, legitimate questions, and their explosive ability. So I want to see them run. 
because yes. I have a question about it, right? Right. That's so I think that that's that's where it becomes like a little bit the, the clarity is important.